This is the Investor Frame Podcast with me, Paul Sparks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Investor Frame Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Sparks. And on this show, we ask successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs to share their stories so we can all learn from their experiences and get closer to the things that we want in life. Today, I've got a special guest, uh, Nicholas Nick. He's here to talk a little bit about um, you know, his journey into entrepreneurship. He's done so many cool things. He's worked as a, a restaurant manager for 16 years before going full-time into real estate, worked as an executive for a couple uh, or for a pretty large uh, real estate education company. And now he is a uh, an, an entrepreneur who basically runs a, a company called Lean, Lead Mining Pros. And these guys they give real estate investors an opportunity to choose your own adventure. I'm excited for him to explain that today and uh, welcome into the show, Nick. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for having me, man. Excited yeah. to be here. Well, it's awesome. So we start every show off with uh, what we call a six-word update. Do you have a six-word update for us? I, I do, I do. And uh, it's perfect. I actually, I just created this quote on my Facebook wall the other day and it is, you know, take action now, get perfection later. I love that. You know. And so how have you taken action now and get perfection later? Because that's, you know, I think what keeps a lot of us from starting is this idea that, well, I don't have it all perfect. Right. Well, you know, uh, my whole life is that, man. You know, everything I do, every I own, you know, I have four cars. I have three jet skis. Like, dude, I'm a massive action taker, you know, and, you know, I bring up those things. And why do I have three jet skis? Well, I had one and like my friends don't want to ride bitch. Right. Who the hell wants to do that? You know, so I got another one and then I got a third friend and he's riding bitch. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. So, you know, I got a third one, but you know, that's just in my personal life in business, like everything I do, you know, so I own a lead generation company. And if I could tell you that that is the attitude of a lead generator, right? That's the attitude you want. Hey, we're going to get them on the phone. We're going to get them going. You're going to go ahead and you're going to have to perfect this lead later, but I'm going to get someone interested now. And uh, that's what I really do in everything. You know, right now we've got massive pieces moving and business at lead mining, um, creating so many new products. I can't even get into it, not because they're a secret, but because there's just so much happening. And, you know, through and one thing I do as an example is before I create something, I put it on the website like I already have it. Mm. OK, and then I wait. And this is a great tip for entrepreneurs. I wait for my customers to bring it to me. Hey, man, so I'm uh, seeing this thing on the website, dude. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then I, I, I softball it out, you know, and so that is a great example of action now perfection. And I tell the person, hey, you're actually going to be my first one. I don't pretend to be some super professional. Hey, we're brand new. We're trying it out. I just added it to the site. You want to sign up? <laughs> you know? And and then through them, they actually become my guinea pig. And then of course we become good friends and then we perfect it later. Oh, it's so good. This is something that we talk a lot about in our community. We call this micro-stepping. You know, when I think a lot of times when people say take take action or take massive action, it's it gets oftentimes misconstrued as like you've got to go create the product and you've got to go do all these things. It's sort of, well, I'm not going to make the product until I know that somebody's actually interested in buying it. Right. And yeah. that's the action that we need to take. What's the smallest step we can take forward to yeah. get some feedback so that we don't waste a bunch of energy creating something that nobody wants to buy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's really served me my whole, I have, I have 
I wouldn't describe it as ADHD because it's just me, you know, but everyone around me does. But, you know, like I am all over. I do have a, you know, ADHD is definitely a spectrum. And I do believe that my affliction is a blessed one. You know, um, I'm not the most organized person. And one thing I just heard you say is take massive action doesn't mean you need massive organization, right? And I think that that's what snares people all the time. And if anything, I'm the opposite. You know, start digging in the mountain now. I don't even care if I found gold, but then I turn around and I got a whole pile of gold and dirt behind me. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Let's put the gold over here and the dirt <laughs> over there, you know, and, uh, yeah. and that really, that really is me and everything I do, which, which we're about to discover, I'm sure <laughs> over the next hour. So it's cool. I opened with that because everything I've done is created through massive action first. So I'm familiar with your company. You and I are both in family mastermind. I was, you know, I, I was looking into you when I first came in because I thought it was so cool. And I was doing a little bit of research before this show. And I, I'm kind of like, it's hard for me to describe exactly what it is that you do because it's very much this like choose your own adventure for real estate investors. Right. Um, you do lead gen, you do, you know, the whole process of generating leads and turning them over to entrepreneurs. But like, I was hoping you could you could do it because I'm sure you're much better at explaining all the things that you guys do. So tell us a little bit about your business. So I, I'm super lucky, man. You know, six years ago, I founded this business and uh, we're, this is going to be our sixth year this year. And it's interesting because if I was a kid and you might be able to resonate, my dad used to come home with a new electronic and be like, here, son, set this up for me. Right. And then I, oh, yeah, I'm plugging it in. I'm hooking up the TV. I'm running the cables, doing everything, probably because I'm three feet tall and I could fit back there. But what I, what I realized then was the setup and the execution is everything. My dad did not want to come home, mess with the wires, figure it out, spend three hours, get frustrated. He wants to come home, relax, have a drink, get dinner going, and then sit down and watch his new stereo later. Right. So that is what I do for lead generation for investors. Okay. And what makes us unique is a couple of things. One, I coined the phrase, at least in lead gen, all inclusive lead generation. So my number one service is list pulling, skip tracing, cold calling, and text messaging all wrapped up into one purchase. Okay. And you don't have to, you could, you can provide your own list. It can be skip traced. I don't care about any of those tiny details. I'm not that company. Oh, it's got to be ours. I look. Whatever works for you, works for you. We're just here to generate leads for you. Uh, the next thing that makes us really unique and probably one of a kind is we offer true Americans, not expatriates that live in Mexico or someone who was deported, who was born in America, right? Because very often, like if a company does say they have Americans, that's generally their stick, right? They're like a, a, a foreign person who used to live in America and doesn't have much of an accent. We actually, all, our whole team or half of our team is on American soil. So when you, when I say choose your own adventure, you can pick Americans or Filipinos and all of my packages have four different sizes. So that's like small to large or extra large for that matter. And the third thing that makes us unique is we're no contracts, no commitments, no setup fees. So my smallest package is $300. My most expensive is $1,300. And just how, you know, we were speaking before, 
if you if you are an investor and you're doing all of that yourself, the list pulling, the skip tracing, the calling, and the texting, I can guarantee you that your costs are already exceeding $800 a month in just subscription overhead. And that doesn't include any employees or doing the work or probably even any skip tracing. And so what I offer people is one condensed package, just like my dad, you're going to come home and give me your lead, your real estate business. I'm going to create a lead generation department for it. And then we're going to start sending leads over to you via email the second we get them. And we can start like as soon as tomorrow. So you know, anyone that signs up, we got that next day delivery uh, set up. So that's kind of what I do in the nutshell. I take all the headache, all the analysis. Our average employee has been with us for four years and, and we handle everything. So all you have to focus on is getting the lead and closing the deal. That's, and that's, thank you for explaining that because, you know, again, the way I understand it, it's almost like it's too good to be true. I am a... Uh, I, I'm a pretty new real estate investor at this full time. I've been buying rentals and things, but what I learned is that when when you get into this business, it's very different being like a, a real estate investor and running a real estate investing business. They're very different things. Great and point. so what I did is I came in, we started doing direct mail, we were pulling lists, we were doing cold calling and texting and SEO and all these things. And and now you've got all these systems and you've got all this software and all of it has to work together. And, you you know, we had virtual assistants in the Philippines and I had multiple salespeople here. And for someone like myself, who is not a great operator, I'm more of a salesperson. This is what I've done my entire career. Yeah. I'm an investor. And I yeah. found myself in this world of like, oh, my God, what is happening here? I actually it's funny. I've told this story a few times. It's almost embarrassing to say. Two months in a row, I sent about $15,000 worth of direct mail with the wrong phone number on it. Dude. And it's like just lighting money on fire would have been a better, more pleasing thing for me. So let me tell you why I founded lead mining real quick. Okay. So Please you do. said I used to work at that real estate education company. Well, they charged a pretty penny to sign up. Like 30, it was anywhere from six to $30,000. Well, this woman calls me one day. I'm the director of fulfillment. So I'm not a salesperson. I'm the guy to make sure students are happy. I got a totally different role, right? I don't want them to sell. I want them closing deals. That's my, that's my priority. This woman calls me one day. Nick, I just said, spent $3,000 in postcards and the phone didn't even ring once. And you know what? I never said this to her, but I bet she did the same exact thing you did. And you missed one digit. You're excited. You're checking out. You're not triple checking. Something's happening. And before you know it, this money just goes away. And when I remember when I hung up with her, my heart was literally broken because she'd already paid us our fee. And now she's doing direct mail and she didn't have a lot left. And that's her heart was broken. So it was breaking my heart. And I remember... I realized today, if someone was to bring $3,000 to lead mining, they would get so many, like, if I was to guess off the top of my head, our twelve or $1,300 packages averages 12 to 37 leads. So if you were to bring 3000 to us today, if, this, if we were around back then, this woman would have gotten 
25 to 60 leads for that same exact investment. And honestly, that's why I ended up creating this company because I knew that there had to be a better way than just, you know, I, you know what I call direct mail and forgive me for anyone who loves it, but I think I say direct mail is like buying a grenade at an antique store and then a war breaks out and you're like, dude, I hope this son of a bitch works. And you throw it and you're like, ah, ah, and you pray that that thing blows. And that's one thing I didn't like about it was because I feel like direct mail is not a very skilled approach. It's like you do it and you wait by the phone as to where what we do, I literally feel like we give investors a fighting chance on getting leads and generating leads in their market because we're actually talking to these people, not just hoping that we sent a colorful flyer and that they said yes to it. Yeah. It's, it's, we talk, uh, so I'm an engineer, and one of the things that we studied in engineering school is, is this idea called system reliability. And so the idea of system reliability is that everything is less than 100%. You can't have more than 100% reliable system. And what we learned is that, let's say you have a 90% reliable component of that system. And you also have a second component that's 90%. So let's say that 90% of the time you send direct mail, they're going to get it, or you, you make a text, they're going to get that text. And 90% of the time they call you, you pick up the phone. Now, of course, there's tons of other variables let's consider, right? But when you take those two components, 90% and 90%, system reliability is multiplicative, which means it's 90 times 90%, which is actually 81%. Right. So what we learned is that the more components you add to a system, wow. the less reliable that system becomes. So you add another 90% thing. Right. Now you're counting 90% of the time your salesperson actually shows up for, the, for work, right. right? Well, it's no longer 81%, it's actually 72%. And right. your reliability goes down every single time you add something. Mm -hmm. If that hasn't like been true for me in the last two or three years, I don't know what else is. Every single time I've tried to do something, I'm adding all these components, all these people, all these systems, all these processes. They've all got to go right. And because their reliability is less than one, the reliability of my total system is significantly less. Yes, right. I love that. I, I really love that. And, you know, what you're speaking to, too, is like I had a guy tell me. And you, you just spoke to this. You created all these systems. He says, Nick, you know what? I, you said this earlier. You said an investment company and a real estate investor, right? Yeah. And it's like the investment company. I had a guy say this to me. He says, I don't want to do what you do, Nick. Now I own a lead generation business and I'm just my number one client. When in reality, I want to own a real estate investing business. Yeah. Not only, and, and I think that's what you're saying because when you have a real estate investing business, your reliability is at its highest. When you started a lead generation division inside of your business, right? Now you're, I really love that analogy. It's like, it's like breakage. Each step along the way, you have additional breakage. You know? so we think that by adding more components, uh, for whatever reason, it's better. But actually the way to improve system reliability is to remove stuff. So I used to say, this is a mathematical formula that proves do less shit. It's like, do less shit and you will make more money. Right. right? 
So yeah. if you have a company like yourself, let's say that's 90% reliable, 95% reliable, whatever it is, the point is, is like, I now only have one component in the lead generation system, mm -hmm. as opposed to like making sure everything goes right. All the people involved have to do everything that they're doing. I don't want to do that. I'd way rather pay you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, uh, this is a great, this is a great marketing video I'm going to have to use. <laughs> but no, the, you know, the, I, I never thought of it like that, but you know, you just really gave me a lot of wisdom by sharing that engineer experience with me. You know, uh, that, 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 that's pretty life-changing advice, um, to, to really like apply, especially to someone who started off by saying I'm a massive action taker. Right. I, I, I I'm good at, I'm, I'm good. Well, one thing I'm good at is improving people's reliability score. Now that you word it like that. So my one skill in this life. So at our business, there's so much stuff that's manual that my customers think is automated, but it's just because I'm such a good, I am a good operator, mm -hmm. right? I ran restaurants for 16 years, like you mentioned. And so I have that skill set. What I'm not, when people are like, Nick, why don't you just close your own deals? Well, because that's what I don't want to do, man. I want to operate because I'm an operator, right? Yeah. If I was a closer, my, it would be game over for my customers. I close the business, do all my own lead gen for myself and, and, and be the richest person in Hollywood, you know, but, you know, sticking, sticking to my strong suits, um, but also being wary of that and, and being mindful of where I'm dropping my own reliability scores. Well, and it just comes down to like, play your game. You know, if you're the type of person that is a really strong operator or you have that type of person in your business, I mean, we're not saying you can't build a lead generation side of your business, but like for someone who wants to focus on being an investor and less of a babysitter, <laughs> as I would call it, like, yeah. I don't want to be a babysitter. I don't want to babysit all that stuff. I also don't have the detail. I'm not as detail oriented. So, you know, this is, this is why I was so attracted to what you do because it solves a big problem for people like me. Um, if it's all right. Let's shift gears a little bit towards this, this idea that we talk a lot on this, uh, again, I'm an engineer, so we call this the solvable problem, right? So the whole idea around you are probably doing these things to ideally get closer to what you actually want in life. And one of the things that I've said many times on this show is that I like to play business the same way I play pickup basketball, which means like... I like to show up when I want to show up. Right. I play my ass off when I'm in the game and I'm, I'm there to win. But when I walk off the court, like whether I won or lost doesn't really affect my mental state, sure. you know? So I'm trying to design my life and my investments so that I can play business as a sport in the same way I play pickup basketball. Right. Um, so I'm curious, like you've got this fantastic business. That's seems like it's ultra reliable. You're serving a lot of customers and, and doing very well. So what are you trying to solve for in your life by owning these businesses and these different investments? Well, you know, my, uh, you know, my life happened in reverse. It really did. You know, I was a troubled kid. And then the only thing that could keep my attention was restaurants. And then I went head first in the restaurants. I mean, I mastered that shit. Like you can put me in a restaurant today and it's going to come out way more profitable. Like mastered is the word. And I took my obsessive 
addictive personality and I pointed it at management. Thank God. Thank God. Like, um, you know, when I see an addict, sometimes I'm like, dude, I just, I'm addicted to healthy shit. Thank God, <laughs> you know, but I'm like one, like where there's like sugar and cocaine. I'm like one molecule away <laughs> from like, <laughs> from being that person, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm just so thankful for it. So my first, I was in restaurants for 16 years, managed for 13. Those 13 years, I worked 70 hours a week, average, not max, not minimum, but average. I commuted 10 hours a day. Holidays didn't exist. Family didn't exist. I was married back then. We got eight hours a week together where our schedule coincided of us being off of work. And that eight hours a week was only during the end of my overnight shift. So I used to work a complete overnight shift. And instead of coming home and going to bed at 7 a.m., that's where my eight-hour stint started with my wife. And I really did life in reverse. And I really feel like I grinded during the years that I should have grinded. But what that gave me was awareness. Every holiday I missed. I'm, where's Nick? He's working. Where's Nick? We're going on vacation. I can't. I'm working. If you want to take a vacation in the restaurant industry, it's <laughs> a true story. You need to work six days a week for the five weeks before you leave to earn the five days off. You're gone, even though you're supposed to be getting paid vacations. At least that's how it was when I was coming up. Okay. Um, and uh, dude, no complaints, bro. Do not now, no, but 100% perspective, right? Like, I, 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 dude, that time in my life made me the monster that I am today. It's the reason why I paint my cats on my wall. Okay. And I have the, the Death Star with a smile. You guys are listening to this. You got to go to YouTube and check out Nicholas's background. He's got one. He, I probably, I thought I had a cool background. He's got a way cooler background than me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been, I've been shooting for it, but, um, but what are we talking about? Sorry, my background threw me off. Oh, my why, or what, what I'm creating here. And you know, what I'm creating here is I'm buying that time back. I know what it's like at every minute of every day. I used to have to wake up at 10 a.m., be at work at 11 a.m., I worked till I was the closing manager, which means we closed at midnight. I got home at 3 a.m., okay? Every day, so about five times a week, even now being out for eight years, I know where exactly what I'd be doing right now at 3.32 in that damn industry. And my ass was glued to that building. And I literally felt like that Smashing Pumpkins song, only our, our uh, oldest millennials will get this, but... Um, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in the cage. And I remember being such an amazing manager, like kids and their dads were like coming and seeing me. And I had such a great relationship. And I was, I was like giving this awesome experience to everybody. And I was like, no one's giving a great experience to me. Okay. And that fucking killed me. And at the end of the day, that's, that is my why, like, where's my experience? You know, who's, who's fueling me? And the truth is I'm spoiled as hell, but I spoil myself, you know? And so my, my why, what I'm, what I'm doing all this for is to live my life, you know, and to really live it. And you know, this, cause we spoke about it, but I just lost my dad 28 days ago and I probably can't even talk about it. Um, but he was really important to me. And, uh, and I spent the long, I spent the last three years being really close to him like really close in a way that if I worked in restaurants, 
that would have never happened. I would have had to watch my dad die um, slowly from restaurants, you know, but <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur and I moved home four years ago and I bought the his dream house for myself and I had him over like every weekend. I did the math and my dad died on New Year's Eve of last year of, yeah, last year, this most recent New Year's Eve. And I spent over a hundred days with him in 2022, you know, and he was actually, he was sick and then he made a full recovery. So we didn't think we were going to lose him. And then he made the full recovery and then we lost him like out of nowhere. And it was still, I don't want to say great, but it was still amazing. But when you talk about why I'm doing this and then I speak of selfish reasons, like I'm here to spoil myself, that's a big part of spoiling myself. You know, and now that my dad's passed away, my brain's tried to make me foresee regrets, right? You know, it's tried to make me beat myself up for the other times. But the reality is I spent so much time with him and we were so close that I literally can't even begin to beat myself up. So let me bring it full circle. The reason I do this is to have no regrets. Mm. You know, I'm not here to regret anything. And if I'm doing whatever the fuck I want to do all day long, and if that happens to make investors rich at the same time, and it does, uh, then 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 we're we're both winning, you know? Well, thanks for sharing that, all that, man. I know it's, I'm sure it's been a, a tough last year and especially a last uh, month. And I can't really relate. I have both my parents. So um, what I do think I, I understand from what you're saying here is that, um, relationships, time, these are the things that you're trying to solve for, right? How do I have a, a business that can allow, how do you have a business that can allow you to <clears throat> spend time with people that you want to spend time with or work, right? If you want to work, it sounds like you're someone who also gets a lot of energy from your job and from like engaging as an entrepreneur. And what a fantastic world to design for yourself that you get both and you get to sort of choose your own adventure in your own life right. in the same yeah. way that you help your own clients do that. Amen. No, thank you so much. You know, and you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And, you know, and it's cool too, because every day, like I get, this might sound weird, but I get to be two investors what my dad was to me, you know, and my dad was someone I called when I didn't know what the hell to do, you know, and uh, I just love like my, me and my clients were really close. So the phone number on my website's actually my cell phone, just so everybody knows. So like I literally meet everybody that calls and one in a thousand conversations aren't that fun, but literally 999 are just absolutely a blessing. And I just like, love, I love that. And I really get, like you're saying, I get my energy. Like my dad was such a great man that, you know, he's really like, I didn't realize it until he passed, but I'm like, yo, like these are the same, these are the same talks like my dad has with, has with me, right. About not giving up and you got this and encouragement and, you know, we're going to make it easy, you know? And so it's, it's cool that, it's it, it really is such a beautiful life cycle. Yeah. Well, and it's awesome to, to hear that you've you've built that. It took six years and maybe it took you less time, but you know, you've built that reliable side of your life. You know, you've got a, a business that operates, it's it's 
it's doing well, even as the, the market is shifting and people are moving around and you still got reliability built there. And one of the things that we talk a lot about on the show is this concept of a barbell and the idea that um, in order to really have a balanced and, and balance doesn't always mean equal, um, but a balanced approach to living and generating money and business and all this sort of stuff is you either want to be on one side or the other and and not in the middle. The idea of being in the middle is you're taking on you know risk and things that could go really well, but could also go really poorly. Um, <clears throat> sounds like lead mining pros is a very reliable source yeah. of uh, you know business and revenue for you. It supports the lifestyle that you've that you've tried to build and. I think we all want that, right? We all want this sense of reliability in our life. But uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about maybe some other things that you do that are are potentially reliable. I, I don't know much about your real estate portfolio, if you have one or not. But I'd also like to know about what are some things you do that have you know, this asymmetrical upside like we talk about, where the upside is really big. The downside is pretty low, you know, and and those are fun bets to take. We want to have both sides of the barbell. So what does that look like for you? So uh, it's a couple of things. One, I do have three properties. Um, I've got this one, which, boy, I didn't even realize I bought right when COVID hit. And uh, this property is my single biggest net worth value uptick I've ever had, other than lead mining, um, you know, but that was really cool. And uh, I've got a four unit in Vermont, which is awesome. I'll tell you what, guys, rural areas, those puppies are great. You know, that place in Vermont was $180,000 in rents for 5Gs a month wow. in total. Crazy. But Jeez. then, you know, there's there's also snowplow bills. So there's other bills I've noticed. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of cash flow. And then the snowplow bills me and I'm like, okay, okay. That's, that's a, little, <laughs> a little bit of a different story. But um. And, uh, and I've got a, a property in Phoenix. You know, I'll be honest with you. I fucking hate being a landlord. Um, I care too much. Um, I definitely need a property management company because I care too much. I want to be there. I want to help out, you know, and I've got a good life. So I love being generous, but I've learned that I've got to take myself out of the equation. So I created a fake property management company that uh, my employees handle. <laughs> I just call it LMP properties just so my tenants stay in check. Because if they deal with me, they know, um, even though I'm super stern, they still don't care, you know, but when they think they're dealing with the company with policies, that helps. Um, but other than that, I think the safest bit, I have two big safe upsides that I, that I do. One is a stock market crash, right? I've got unique opinions about the stock market. I'm never going to leave my money in the stock market. I've already had three crashes in my lifetime. There's going to be a fifth, sixth, and seventh. In my honest opinion, when it crashes, you dump it in. When it goes up, you take it out. And then you let that system keep going. Very simple, very simple system. You know, I know everyone always says it always goes back up. But just to remind you, that also means that it also always goes back down. Okay. Um, so just a little hint there. I'm not a big stock guy, but that's just a strategy I've used. Um, that's worked. And then the other thing I recently did, which I don't know if this makes people celebrate or cringe, but I recently just created a reinsurance company for myself. Have you heard of that? I haven't. No. Okay. Um, so you take, I'll tell you what I did. I took $125,000 and I put it into a company 
that is an insurance company for my company, Lead Mining. And it's meant for companies, this is cool stuff. It's meant for companies that have like, kind of like me, I'm not like a processing plant that has like a manufacturing and I have like that kind of insurance, right? Like nothing can break in my business, but my brain, right? Essentially. Um, so it's like, gives you a unique style of insurance, but the way it works is, is I put $125,000 in. Well, guess what? That's tax deductible this year, right? So need that bad boy. That saved me about $45,000 in taxes. That's huge. That's you. That's that's half my tax bill right there. Bam. Love that. Okay. So then this money goes into this business that I also own. I can only insure my businesses. I can't insure any business I don't own. So I can't insure your business or anything. I can only insure mine. At the end of the year, if there's no claims filed by me, which guess what? There's not going to be. Um, then all of that money becomes profit. Okay. Now I can leave that money in the account or I can take it out for 15% capital gains tax. Hmm. Now, I don't want to do that. That hurts my tax averages. I end up saving through this strategy a net $22,000 a year in taxes. Meanwhile, I'm technically creating a super ninja savings account for my family. I do this for seven years. I have $1 million in savings, let alone whatever 25,000 multiplied by seven is almost $200,000 in tax savings. $1 million in the bank account, and then I cash out, right, mm -hmm. is going to be my goal. Um, but so that's something really cool that I'm doing to save money. I figure that's very low risk. I think saving $25,000 a year in my shoes is a very big upside, you know. Um, so that's that That what I say is on my is on my other end. That's so cool, man. I, I'm familiar with like whole life insurance and infinite banking and things like this, but this seems like it's a, a different uh, take on using insurance products. And so then to give everyone a correlation, you know, when you're at Home Depot or Best Buy, you know, like, do you want to buy the insurance? So big companies create these shell companies and then they insure their own products. Mm -hmm. So the reason why Best Buy and Amazon want to keep selling you this stuff is because you're helping them reduce their tax bill every time that they do it. So I'm doing it in a very little boy way. <laughs> that sounds rude, but uh, but Amazon and Best Buy, they're doing it in a big boy way, right? Yeah. So they're like insuring, insuring every product. So it's kind of along that same way. It was cool. I just got introduced to it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've, I'm, I'm liking my experience so far. Super interesting. I love that. I might, I might have to follow up with you after this to get a little bit more information on that. Um, so, I mean, you've shared so much, so much with us today. Um, I'd like to sort of finish by having you give us, and I ask our guests to typically leave us with, um, a best lesson learned. Now, this could be over your course of your career. It could be something in the last, you know, month that you've gone through, quite a life change, right? But, you know, if you could leave the listeners with with something, what would that be? Wow. So one thing I do is I make mindset tips on my Facebook, on my personal Facebook page. Um, and all I do is I take all these life lessons that I've learned and I make them into mindset tips. I have over a thousand of them. Okay. Um, I do have two really awesome quotes that aren't mine. Um, 
that really helped a lot. One is, I'm 90% sure, Albert Einstein. And it is, you cannot solve a problem using the same level of thinking you had when the problem was created. Hmm. Okay, so that one's a really big deal. And if I were to shorten that, put that in layman's terms, is a new quote that I've created, which is, if you knew how to solve your problems, you wouldn't have any. Okay. And I think that we often need to realize that I wouldn't have this problem if I knew how to solve it, but it's really hard. And sometimes we have to hit some type of rock bottom before we solve a problem. So if I was to transmute that into a lesson, it would be understand when you need help before you need help, because by the time you realize it, it's way too late. Mm. You know, just like firing an employee, I used to, I fired a lot of employees in my day. And by the time you realize you have to fire them, they have been fucking you over for a long time. And that's because you're, at least I was an optimist about people's performance or an optimist. And so whenever we learn, we're normally a little late. The other one is you cannot talk yourself out of something you behaved yourself into. And that's by Benjamin Franklin. And that one I absolutely love. And it's a big integrity reminder of who we are. And I'm extremely authentic. I am so full of integrity. And, uh, and I've really, I think, you know, those, those two quotes, one keeps me always, what's, what frame of mind is stopping me from success right now? And the other one is, are my actions backing me into a corner right now? Or are they empowering me to always have morals to stand on? That's so good. Yeah, we talk a lot about this gap between action and intention. Um, The whole idea of, I know that you say that this is what you want and this is how you're going to behave, but here's what I'm seeing you doing. And this is your behavior that I'm seeing. Um, And and it's really important to get people in your life that are willing to point that gap out, right? Because we don't, it's, it's hard to reconcile with this gap between our actions and our intentions. We like to think that they're, that they're aligned, but most of the time they're really not. Um, uh, and yeah, you, it, it takes a community. It takes accountability. It takes the right people in your life to be able to help you see that. Yeah. And no, that just gave me goosebumps, you know, and that gave me a lot of gratitude for my restaurant career. You know, I talk to a lot of people who have, I'll use the phrase social defects for lack of a better term, like, oh, they don't communicate well, or they get aggressive or they get this. And, and I was like, well, I used to be that way too. A lot of people, you'll realize their careers tell you so much about them. You know how many things I had to fix about myself to be an amazing restaurant manager? I know some people like, who gives, there's no such thing as an amazing restaurant manager. They suck. But it's like, I really wanted to be like upper echelon. I didn't care if I worked at IHOP and I did. I didn't care if I worked at Panera Bread and I did. Like I wanted to be like the best, the most integrity person in there. You know, and I remember one time someone said I w- an employee was getting in trouble for something I didn't agree with. And I, and I said, well, that's not fair. And they said, well, life's not fair. And I said, well, if life's not fair, then I'm going to be the biggest fucking piece of fair that I can be <laughs> overcompensate for that. Right. I'm not going to cave in and now make life unfair for everybody just because that that is what I was told. So, you know, that that restaurant career was the accountability that I needed to really change my life, you know, and it did. I'm sure some way way people talk about the army. That was my restaurant industry, you know, for, for me. 
Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all this stuff. I thought it was a fantastic episode. Uh, where can people find out more about you, Nicholas, if they want to find out more about you or about Lead Mining Pros? So lead, leadminingpros.com is, uh, is the website for that. Nice and easy. Uh, for me, um, I'm most active on Facebook. Uh, that is for sure. I'll give you a quick link if you want to add into your thing whenever you post the website. I'm super active on Facebook. Every Facebook sees it first. So that's really what I'd recommend. Um, if you guys want to find me, I'm just Nicholas Nick. That is my full name. First name, Nicholas, last name, Nick. Um, but yeah, that's that's really the best way to get all. And I'm super engaged. And like I said, the phone number on my website is my cell phone. So honestly, even if you want to just shoot the shit or meet me or you don't believe me that that's my cell phone number, <laughs> feel free to give me a call and I'll be <laughs> on the other side of the line. <laughs> that's a bold move uh, to put your cell phone number on the website. But I, I do think that's a, a reflection on who you are and how much you care for your customers. So thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, and, and lastly, I encourage everybody who's listening to this to use the investor frame. This is the investor frame podcast. The investor frame says, knowing what you know now and the conversations that you just heard uh, Nicholas and I have, what changes do you need to make in your life and your business so that you can get closer to the things that you want in life without chasing more and more? Thank you again, Nicholas, for joining. For everybody else, we'll see you guys on the next